It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. What's a jellical cat? This is about the spot my brain started to melt. Ow, ow, ow. My mind just snapped. We went to the cinema, we paid money to see cats with our own two eyes, Shannon's first time, my second time, and then we did something unexpected. We came home and we made dinner, and then we thought, we need a point of comparison for what we've just witnessed, and then we watched the entire Broadway stage show. Yep, just like our Charlie and the Chocolate Factory episode, this is a double danger, double dip and dare. (laughs) Double cats. Two cats, two furious. <laughs> oh, two cats IRL for me IRL. <laughs> if you're a long-term listener to Curved or Blurst, you'll know that this was anticipated uh, by both of us for very different reasons. I'm a long-time fan of cats. I went to see cats when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11 in the theatre, mesmerised by it. Uh, I saw it again on, uh, on stage a few times, and... I got really into cats when I was finishing off my master's thesis this summer by watching the uh, 80s Broadway version recording on YouTube. It's readily available, folks. And then I went to see Cats in the movie, the highly rated, critically acclaimed (laughs) masterpiece (laughs) Uh, on New Year's Eve. Had the best time of my life and then watched it again today. Can't wait to talk about it. Shannon, what's your story? Uh, when I was in the sixth grade, we studied Cats the Musical for reasons that I don't understand, except maybe that the local high school was putting it on that year, and the professional theater company a couple towns over was also putting it on. Yeah. So, my sixth grade teacher, in his infinite wisdom, thought that in order to study a Broadway musical, we need to do tests on the plot and fully understand it. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Cats, but plot is not something that really deigns to show its face in the story. So what we ended up... What we ended up doing was watching a video cassette version of it, which is, incidentally, the one that's on YouTube now, so the one we watched tonight. I was having vivid flashbacks the whole time. We watched it about eight times in class, and that's not an exaggeration. Mm -hmm. And then we saw it live at the local high school, and then we saw it live professionally. All in one year. Shannon, that sounds like a dream. I have every song from Cats embedded deep in my psyche. Um, When I was at the stage production, the... The people at the theater had booked the class tickets incorrectly, so instead of all sitting in a big group, we were kind of in weird spots in the theater, all in pairs. And myself and a friend of mine were sitting 
uh, with one seat between us and the aisle. And at the beginning of the stage show, the cats come up the aisles and, like, make faces at the audience and, like, lunge at them. And one of them hopped up on the empty seat and was, like, licking his paw and leaning over to us. And she was, like, she was the one closer to the aisle and was basically <laughs> crawling into my lap to get away from him. <laughs> These are all my experiences with cats. So that's where yeah. I'm coming from today. It did seem while we were watching it at the cinema today as though you were reawakening some kind of childhood trauma. <laughs> I very much was. Yeah. Um, and, and I do feel sorry for you a little bit. I did see the movie for the first time a couple of weeks ago and I did have what I called a, a cat's hangover for a while. I'm still having it. Let's be clear. The cat's movie has problems. It's not perfect. There's issues. There's problems with the Cats movie. This might be the first time you, the listener, are hearing this. You might think it looks good. Um, but there's problems. There's problems. Oh boy. And I would like to make clear that it's about 9pm right now when we saw it we got out of the theater at 4.30 p.m. Yep. So I'm still in a bit of a daze. <laughs> yeah, you're really in the thick of the cat's hangover. Yeah. You know it's not good when the person you're like with at the cinema doesn't say anything for about a minute <laughs> after they've seen the film. You were just kind of like staring into the middle yeah. distance <laughs> in silence. Nell's like grinning at you, then I started to become a bit concerned. <laughs> you were so dazed you couldn't find the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were very dazed when we were walking around Tesco's, and I was like, oh, she's in deep. Yeah, I was just wandering the Tesco's, being like, what is it that I needed to buy? And I ran into the aisle of cat food and saw the photos of cats on the packages and had to look away. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, when I saw it, I saw it on New Year's Eve, so, like, I was already, like, merry, um, mm -hmm. and was coming into it a bit more optimistically, so I think my cat's hangover, while intense, was joyous. I remember telling people, like, the, the impressions I got first, like, off the bat were, half the cats don't cast shadows, they look like bad cartoon, like, video game characters, kind of zigging around in the background like in Tony Hawk when you're like when your character gets like stuck into a wall and just like shakes for 10 minutes and you can't get him out and you're like I have to reboot this machine now so you re reboot your computer or your playstation and it takes a lot of time because it's the early 2000s and then you read a book instead yeah it feels a lot like that yes it does um should we go over what plot there is of cats yeah let's let's do this right quick this is based on the T.S. Eliot po uh, book, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. It's about a bunch of cats who are all explaining what their their deal is, what their hobbies are, yeah. in order to win a spot in what heaven. What makes them tick. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people who are not familiar with the musical itself went into the movie and were just confused about the plot. The plot is the same more or less. Yeah. It, and it, it, it yeah. barely exists, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no. And they try and add more of a, a narrative to the movie, so I guess to fire through that very quickly, 
You've got uh, main character is a white cat called Victoria who's been dumped into a junkyard in a bag. She's been abandoned, but gets adopted by cats called Jellicle cats. They're a gang of cats. What is a Jellicle cat? What's a Jellicle cat? <laughs> we'll discuss that later, but they're called the Jellicles, and they're a gang. And it's a special night for the Jellicles because, as you mentioned, it's... Uh, the opportunity for all the cats to gather and sing songs about their lives and personalities and hobbies, what makes them tick. And they're doing that as a sort of talent show to the death because their leader, Old Deuteronomy, who is played by national hero Judy Dench, um, <laughs> Dame, Old Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench, uh, is to come and select the cat most worthy of death and rebirth as anything they choose to be. Um, so various cats sing their songs, and we'll talk about the characters soon. There's a lot of them. Oh boy. Um, there's a cat called Grizabella, who's a sex worker. She's not even just implied to be a sex worker, but she is one. Mm-hmm. It's not subtle. Uh, she's slut-shamed by the other cats, uh, but Victoria takes pity on her and brings her back into the fold, and because her life is so miserable and she craves release, um... Judy Dench says, yeah, you can die, I guess. And she travels up on an air balloon into heaven where she dies happily. There's also a subplot where there's a criminal cat called McCavity who wants this spot for himself. He wants to get to heaven. So he tries to kidnap some of the other cats throughout the evening to eliminate the competition, but fails because he's incompetent. That's the plot, right? That's the plot of the movie. All those things sound like things that happened, yes. <laughs> but so much more happened. Oh my gosh. So much more. I don't know how we should even like br- like approach this. Talking about the characters as they appear, maybe? I think it's important to address that it's become a bit of an art to write reviews of this film. Yes. Um... There's been, some of the best film reviews I've ever seen have been written about cats, and one of them was written all in verse, and (laughs) yeah, I I mean, if you haven't seen any of them, it's worth Googling and just browsing through, because they're delightful, Yeah, and none of them are positive. No. But they're not precisely negative either, they're all this weird sort of dissociative bemusement. I think a lot of them are trying to suggest that this movie will become a cult sensation. And it will. And it will. It's already there. Yeah, I've seen it twice. Yeah. And I will see it more times. Also, the theatre we were in was full. Yes. It was absolutely packed. This is... It's been on for, like, over a month now. Yeah. And it's been panned in the press... And there's memes about how bad it is. Everyone I've spoken to knows that it's a bad film. And it's a Saturday at and 2 p.m. 2 p.m. There are only two screenings of Cats in the city centre cinema, like a massive cinema. Um, and they are at 11.30 and 2.15. There are no evening showings of Cats. So we thought we'd have the whole theatre to ourselves. Oh boy, were we wrong. We did it. It was like pretty full. It was full. Four people did walk out. We did, and I've never seen walkouts before. I've never seen walkouts in a cinema either. (laughs) Two of them were the two, there were two women sitting beside us who got up and walked out. Yep. About 
two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> like, they made it a while. And, yeah, you could just hear, like, groans and laughs and just noises from the audience. <laughs> it was like a packed theatre, but no one was, like, really enjoying themselves, maybe apart from me. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I could, because I knew what was going to happen. I could brace myself mm-hmm. for the horrors that we were to see. Mm-hmm. Um... Then, okay, yeah, I think we should just go in order. Yeah. We don't really need to talk about Victoria. She's she's just, like... She's the framing device. Yeah. She's the reason they're all singing what their names are. She's the actress as a professional ballerina, and she dances beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we don't need to know about her, but we see everything for the first time through Victoria's eyes. And the first cat nominating themselves for Cat Death, Cat Heaven Death, Hunger Games... Yeah. ...is... Rebel Wilson's Jenny Anydots. Oh, God. The old Gumby cat. I, I think this is as good a time as I need to mention that most of the words in this musical don't mean anything. And this isn't the fault of the film. This The original sin here is T.S. Eliot. Yeah. The lyrics of the songs in the musical, aside from the beautiful ghost song that was added to the musical so they could be nominated for best song at the Oscars. Which they have not been. Which they have not Unless been. they missed the date, I'm not sure. No, they have not been. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Poor Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, all of those lyrics are taken almost directly from the T.S. Eliot poems. Yeah. So the fact that most of the words like Gumby Cat and Jellicle are complete nonsense. The Gumby Cat is basically a lazy cat. She lounges around all day, but at night time she takes it upon herself to train mice and cockroaches to dance and sing and march and, I don't know have an organized life and hobbies um fine that's fine in the musical is kind of cute it's fine i'm basically skirting around the fact that rebel wilson in this song is a cat who unzips her own skin to reveal more skin and like a dance leotard underneath she unzips herself it's horrifying the mice she's training are tiny children like they're cgi'd children to look like mice. Yeah. And they have squeaky voices. The cockroaches are dancing women who are cockroach-sized and Rebel Wilson eats them. But they also have human faces. Yeah, which is sort of like weirdly CGI'd onto like the cockroach bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first question that comes up when you see the child mice is why? Yep. Why have we done this? Why was this a choice? In the stage musical, this is still kind of horrifying, but like the cats put on these mouse heads yeah a couple of the chorus cats put on mouse heads and then a couple of them put on like cloaks and it's their cockroach outfit yeah and they do like a tap dance and it's quite cute yeah it's fine it's fine it's not my favorite song in the musical but it's you know yeah it's a thing that happens but the child mice with their squeaky little voices cgi'd in these little mouse bodies and they Like, appear repeatedly throughout the musical, too. They seem to know all the cats by name. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they can speak cat language. They know the cats deal. They know they're at risk of being eaten, but they also have a working relationship with them and dance for them. This is about the spot my brain started to melt. At this point, I, like, turned to look at Shannon because I knew that the skin unzipping was about to happen, and I just wanted to see you look distressed. And boy, did you... (laughs) This is also where the scaling problem starts. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's really unclear how big the cats are meant to be. Because sometimes, so they're in a kitchen in this one, and they all come in through the window. But Rebel Wilson Cat is in a human-sized armchair at the beginning. Yep. And is, like, small for it, but is sitting in it. And then they roll off the windowsill and off the chairs, and they, like, barely come halfway up the chair leg. But then later in the same scene, they're almost eye level with the table. <laughs> and it... It's, it's very disorienting, because every time it cuts, they're a different scale yeah. in relation to the stuff in the kitchen. This is also, like, one of the... They've got so many A-listers in this movie that some of the cats, I see them and I'm like, oh, that's Mr. Mistopheles. Mm -hmm. And other ones, I'm like, oh, that's Rebel Wilson cat. Mm -hmm. And I know she's Jenny Any Dots, but that's not what comes to mind. It's Rebel Wilson cat. It's Rebel cat. Wilson cat. Yeah. Um, with a zippable... Skin layer. Yeah. Um, and she just peels off. So you might watch that part of a musical and think, oh, okay, this must be the, the creepy bit, the bit everyone's been talking about. I'm sure it'll calm down from now on. It never does. <laughs> it never starts feeling normal. The Jenny Annie Dot section in the, mus in the stage musical, I think is a good example of how... It, the movie, by trying to make things look more realistic, just made it horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In the musical, she's she does, like, take off her fur, but she's wearing a coat. Yeah. And she just takes off her coat. And so and other she, cats help her take it off, too. Yeah. And she's got, like, a flapper dress on underneath and then does, like, a little tap dance. Yes. Um, but Rebel Wilson just has more of the same skin, plus a leotard. Yeah. And, like bedazzled fur. I think she's kind of glittery. Mm -hmm. And then later on when she's kidnapped, oh, she gets kidnapped by Macavity, by the way. Spoiler. Um, she, she escapes captivity again by unzipping herself and shimmying out. And it's just as horrifying. And you can hear the audience be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's that, that moment also shatters any thought you have in your head that her zipping off the skin and dancing is like, metaphorical <laughs> like no this is actually actually peeling off her skin because it makes her smaller so that this she is, can get out of the chain a skill that rebel wilson cat has yeah this is part of her personality <laughs> and that's kind of it yeah for her. other than that she just kind of like complains about being held captive uh, the next major cat we have is a stage musical favorite but a movie i don't know not favorite i guess I'm talking about Jason Derulo. Oh, yeah, he is next. Um, but the problem with this having a very loose plot is that I have almost no recollection of what order things happen in. Um, Shannon, you watched this eight times. <laughs> and I still can't keep track of what cat comes after the other. Don't worry, I've got this. Because there's no cause and effect. <laughs> uh, if I'm ever in a pub quiz where I get asked to list the cat songs in order, I can. <gasps> Because it's it's not like they're going through the city and, like, going to cats' houses. No, it's just, like, every time one cat stops talking, another one's like, it's me time now. Oh, yeah. No, there's no applause. It's just, yeah, Rebel Wilson stops singing, and then Jason Derulo is there reclining, eating some chicken. Um, mm -hmm. And is like, I came here to eat food and also be sexy. Yeah. It's my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Did he shine, Shannon? He, 
No. He uh, didn't even say Jason Derulo. <laughs> he did say his own character's name several times. Which though. is Rum Tum Tugger, but he didn't sing it like Rum Tum the Tugger. <laughs> Rum I would have respected him if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger, his deal is that he's an indecisive cat. He doesn't know if he wants to go out the house or back in. He doesn't know what kind of food he wants. He's given milk. He wants water. He wants rat. He wants a rabbit. Like he's really indecisive. Th- th- those are the lyrics of the song. That's what the poem says. Is that the vibe we get from Rum Tum Tugger? Not even slightly. <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> the vibe we get from him is that he's the sexy cat. Yep. Um, there's lots of hip gyrating. There's lots of general I don't even know how to describe it e yeah I mean gyrating is a great word it's a lot of like cream imagery he takes the cats into a milk bar and like all the female cats are licking piles of like licking from bowls of cream seductively while he gyrates yeah Uh, take from that what you will in the stage musical he is also the sexy cat yeah, but he's a bit more sexy. Yeah, it's still he's, disturbing. He's stylized to look. We were debating watching this what rock star he was meant to look like based on the era the stage musical is from. Mm. And we were like we were sort of wavering between like Freddie Mercury or David Bowie or like a member of Twisted Sister, which I know is a wide spectrum of people. <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's got like a big fur collar. Yeah, with a, and like a deep V neck. Yeah, and a black suit. He's got good vibrato. Rebel Wilson cat makes a joke about him being muted because his notes are so high, which is disturbing. It's a disturbing joke, and it also like it's not even a side joke that's just dropped. Like she says it, and then there's a pause, and then she makes like a scissors motion with her fingers. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another pause, and she, like, shrugs, and then we finally get to cut away from that joke. She really wants us to consider the fact that Jason Derulo Cat might have had his ball snipped off. Yeah. Um, and actually, fun fact, Jason Derulo was quite upset because they edited his uh, crotch out. Yeah. He doesn't have... The cats are very smooth. Um, the female cats have titties, but the boy cats... <laughs> there's no bulge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it would have been worse if there was one or not, um, but there's it's there's there's a noticeably absent Jason Derulo crotch area. Yeah, I, I guess I wish I hadn't said those words. <laughs> the cats are naked in this. Some and of them. You can tell they feel very naked in the movie because in the stage musical, the costuming they're all wearing like skin tight leotards, but then like leg warmers, and various articles of either clothing or fur. In the film, they're clearly wearing, like, CGI morph suits, and then <laughs> everything is digitally added, so they look really naked. And then, but, but there are some things that they haven't paid attention to. Like, you can see there are, like, lumps where their human ears are. But their cat ears are still up on the top of their head, moving around like satellite dishes trying to search (laughs) for a signal. Yeah, real cats, their ears don't move that much. Yeah. I know, I've had four cats. Yeah. But these (laughs) ones, they're just, like, twitching around and independently of each other, too. Yeah, the whiskers, too. Yeah. They don't move together. They move separately, one at a time. 
Well, you can also see the lumps of their human ears. Yeah, and you could see that with Jason Derulo cat. Yes, you absolutely could. Um, but and yet no penis. Yeah. Um, but he's a sexy cat, so I mean that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like Jason Derulo's cat is more of a presence in the stage musical. He has a whole other song. He sings a Mr. Mistopheles song on the stage version. I'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He is sort of like a principal cat. He kind of mingles with the main cats and says stuff. Jason Derulo's cat just like yells certain words at some points like, Milk! <laughs> Milk! I'm sorry, that's offensive to you as a lactose intolerant. <laughs> I was offended and attacked by that moment in the musical. <laughs> Come on! It's time to party! I really wanted the Jason Derulo digital voice changer on the milk line. (laughs) Milk! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's that's Rum Tum Tugger in a nutshell. (laughs) The next cat we meet in some depth is Grizabella, the glamour cat. Played by Jennifer Hudson Cat. Her hands are not furry like a cat's. She's slut shamed by the other cats. I think that's enough to say on that. Her hands are not cat hands, they're Jennifer Hudson's own hands. Yeah, with long fake nails on them. Yeah. Her deal is that she's a prostitute. Yeah. And she's upset about it. Yeah. Moving on to James Corden. Oh, oh James. <laughs> James. Why do you make the decisions that you make, James Corden? James Corden plays Shannon's favourite cat, Bustopher Jones. Bustopher Jones has no rights. <laughs> I hate Bustopher Jones. Bustopher Jones is a posh cat who, um, he's the James the Street Cat, and he hangs around all the posh institutions like rich people's houses and colleges and fancy restaurants, and the sort of joke is that he's important and beloved by the people there, and he probably is. There's, like, places have, places have their own cats. Mm-hmm. He's a Downing Street cat, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie's angle, which is really, like, hammered in, is that he goes to the bins... Mm-hmm. behind those fancy places and eats the garbage and that makes him fat yeah and oh boy do we see that joke for a solid five minutes <laughs> uh and we just keep seeing it and seeing it yep it's oh. disgusting as well he just kind of keeps on rolling around in trash and eating trash yeah and there's so much of it and it's so grimy it wasn't cute when the Grinch did it it's even less cute when James Corden does it yeah He's also one of the ones where you mentioned, you pointed this out, when he takes off his coat, his cat skin is the same pattern as the coat, and it's freaking weird. Yeah, just either be naked or clothed. Yeah, and he has... be clothed. And he has spats on, because that's part of the lyrics of the song, is that he's wearing <laughs> white spats. But it's weird that he's naked plus shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, did you see this? He spits a bunch of food into Victoria's face. Yes, I did see that. Horrible. Did you also see the bit where he falls into a bin and drinks very poorly CGI'd champagne out of a champagne bottle 
owned by Jason Derulo Cat. Yeah, Jason Derulo Cat is pouring champagne that looks a bit like water. CGI champagne. Into his mouth as he's singing and, like, gurgling. It lasts, like, 30 seconds. It's so long. It was the longest (laughs) 30 seconds of my entire life watching... (laughs) <laughs> this horrible, horrible thing. McCavity comes and kidnaps him at the end, and I was so relieved that he did it. Yeah. We'll talk maybe more about McCavity in the McCavity song. Yeah. He was a he was a fan favorite of this household, I think. McCavity's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> played by Idris Elba, by the way. Another <laughs> national treasure. Who <coughs> I respect a bit less after this. For sure. <laughs> As is the case with all of these actors. Yeah. Um, uh, the next major cats we encounter. Oh, I have some things to say. It's Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser are the two like petty criminal cats, mm-hmm. and their deal in the musical and the movie is that they steal things and ruin furniture and eat the family's dinner. And because they're identical cats, the family doesn't know which cat did the crime. So instead of punishing both, they punish neither, so they get away with murder. And they can cause a lot of damage because they've got quite a nice house, so they come and show Victoria how to mess things up. And, okay, this is my favourite song in the musical. Uh, In the the stage musical, they've got like a nice jazzy song, they're doing cartwheels, they've got these amazing like fake Cockney accents. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, we're a remarkable couple of cats. I can continue. Knock about clowns, quick change comedians, tightrope walkers, and acrobats. They sound Australian. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. I see myself in them because, like, they live for the japes. They do. They do live for the japes. But They're what funny. did the what did the movie do to them? What did least? the movie do to them? They're still committing japes. They're still committing crimes. They're fine. But they... Okay. When Andrew Lloyd Webber originally wrote the musical, before putting it onto Broadway, he wrote a very, very slow song that was trying to abide by the meter of mm-hmm. the T.S. Eliot poem, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser, yeah. which is weird. And it's slow and sort of like vaguely jazzy, but it doesn't make you care about the cats. So when he put it onto Broadway proper, he made it this fun jazzy song with all of the acrobatics that they, mm-hmm. that they do. And it's memorable. I just sung a bunch of it. I could sing the whole thing if I wanted to. I won't because we have we have time timers of the essence. Mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about. But they just go back to the original, like, slow, OG Andrew Lloyd Webber version of the song for the movie. Why? Justice for Mungo, Jerry, and Rumpelteaser. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about these two? Um, only that in this scene, the, the scaling is also weird. Like, Victoria wears a watch as a necklace, but also a ring around her arm. So that's confusing. How big are they? Um, <gasps> and and in, as she's wearing that jewelry, it became... It really brought into relief the fact that the cats about half the time walk around on all fours yeah. like they're a cat, but the other half just walk normally. Yeah. And there's no rhyme or reason as to when they're doing this. Yes. And this song, for whatever reason, was... Like, I couldn't stop thinking about that. It's because of all the jewelry she was wearing. 
Yeah, that she was standing like a person. And because they were interacting with a lot of furniture and the staircase. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. They did our cats dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next cat. Oh, do you want to... No, this is just to the point of they're walking around like people. Also, they all have toes and fingers. Yeah. And it's weird. I can see <laughs> yeah. all of their toes. You can see their toes. And you can see the underside of their feet as the colour of their human feet. And that's really noticeable when they have scenes out on the street. Because a lot of the background cats, as well as not casting shadows and jittering around, (laughs) they also sort of float. They sort of float and dance one inch above the ground. Because either they've CGI'd the feet weirdly, or they've CGI'd the street in. Which one I'm not too sure. And there's these two cats in the chorus called the Twins. And they are wearing trainers, they're wearing sneakers, and they break dance, which is not in fitting with the time period, but fine. And they are constantly at least one inch above the ground. Yeah, it's really obvious that they're not touching the street. Because <laughs> I think it, it's gotta be the cobbles that were CGI'd in, because it doesn't look like they're dancing on uneven ground. No. And that's why it looks like they're floating, because they're not uh, moving yeah. in the divots with the cobbles. It's horrifying yeah (laughs) and it's so distracting when the chorus is doing anything but also to that point so you mentioned the victoria cat is a professional ballerina so she goes up on point a bunch of times that you'd need to wear point shoes for but you can still see her toes (laughs) so they've cgi'd a foot over the point shoes she's got to be wearing. <laughs> That's horrifying when you think about it. <laughs> it's like wearing foot slippers. <laughs> they put a foot over her oh. shoes. Because you can see her toes, but she's on point, which shouldn't be possible. <laughs> Why did they do that? They did do that. That yes. took someone hours. <laughs> if they were just all wearing ballet shoes... But like CGI-able ballet shoes and had like paws with no digits on their feet. That would have been less weird, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, who's to say? I don't know. At this point. At this... If they had just all been wearing ballet shoes and clothes, it would, I think, have been better. Okay, speaking of clothes and egregious use of effects, we're going to move on to like... Maybe the worst example of both of those things, because I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's the next main character that's introduced, and that is Dame Judi Dench as Old Deuteronomy. Oh, this is... Okay, this was my least favourite song in the stage musical, (laughs) and Judi Dench Cat is my least favourite cat. And speaking about people we've lost some respect for... (laughs) Oh boy, Dame Judi. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, she is a big fluffy sort of gingery blonde cat and she's got lots of fur coming out of her face kind of there's like fur around her face but her regular face is just kind of peachy looking Uh, she's wearing a giant ginger fur coat is this a coat or is this a tumorous growth is it part of her is she really sick it's the exact color of her fur. <laughs> it's so hard to tell where the coat starts and the fur stops. Yeah. And her hands are just her human hands. Yes. You can see her wedding ring. Yep. 
Now, a fun fact about that, though, is that they had they, they did edit that and they re-released a version to cinemas where she had cat hands, not human hands with her ring. But both of the ones I've seen um, at the end of December and January after this re-release have been with her ring on. Yeah. So we definitely didn't see the re-released one because I, I saw her wedding ring in multiple scenes. If you liked it, then you should have took the ring off it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's so jarring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's also shaped strangely. She is. Her legs are a strange shape. Her legs are, are shaped like cat legs. Like the hind legs of a cat. Yeah. But she only walks upright. Yes. It's horrible. Yeah. And she drags along her strange fur coat, which I really hope is a coat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is like, is it the dead skin of another cat that she's killed? Is this how she became the matriarch? She killed the last one? She killed the previous Deuteronomy. <laughs> Took their skin? She was called something else before that and now she is Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next one will take her skin. Oh god. Yeah, and then that's why the coat gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but only ginger cats. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one bit where she's lying in a cat basket and she just <laughs> Sticks her leg up in the air like a cat would when they're about to lick their own genitals. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench, a dignified, stately actor, about to lick her own cat bits. Are you okay, Shannon? No. <laughs> it was so horrifying when that leg just went straight up in the air. Because <laughs> I, like, you mentioned it to me before we went to the movie. After you saw it. I did. It, it's got and I was like, okay, in my head she just kind of like lifted it off the ground. No! <laughs> it is perpendicular to the ground. And it goes up really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like she's excited by what she just saw. Yeah. She's really excited by what well, the next song. character, the next main character mm-hmm. we uh, introduced to. Another national treasure, <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. As asparagus, or just Gus. <laughs> and he's introduced... Gus. Well, he's in the previous song, kind of in the chorus. And then we properly meet him in a closet licking milk out of a bowl. <laughs> yeah. He's just all, and his first line is actually meow, meow, meow. <laughs> Gus said like, exactly like that. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> It's not like a cat sound. It's not like meow. It's meow. Fully enunciated. With all the Shakespearean acting talent of Sir Ian McKellen. Meow. <laughs> he also makes a sort of like coughing up a hairball sound. His deal is that he's a theater cat and he is, okay, so he's very, very old and very loved, beloved by all the other cats. And he seems to be a shoo-in to be the jellical choice to go up to the heavy side layer, a.k.a. to die. Um, he's sort of nodded at suspiciously by Judy Dench. Right before she sticks her leg in the air. Right before she sticks her leg in the air, and while they're talking about who the jellical choice should be, and you're like, it's him because he's old. Mm-hmm. And he's giving a last performance uh, talking about his glory days on the stage, Um and sort of treating it as, like, the final performance of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, his biggest fan, Mr. Mistopheles, t- chats to him beforehand and gets some, like, stage tips. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of sad because, spoiler alert, he doesn't get chosen to die. 
Mm-hmm. He just has to die regularly now. Yeah. Um, he doesn't look horrible. I found it to be a moment's calm in the musical. It was. I mean, the licking milk out of the bowl was very strange, but <laughs> he's one of the less upsetting-looking cats, I th- yeah. think. I mean, it's hard to scale these, because they're all horrific monstrosities, <laughs> but just, like, he's got a coat on and a scarf, and the whiskers look fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He does a really funny bit in the song, which is in the stage musical too. He's talking about how the musical theatre profession, how the theatre industry is not what it was. These modern productions are all very well, but he then goes on to shit talk them. Like the kittens aren't trained, they're not rigorously drilled. And basically he's like saying, you musicals are shit. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny because we're watching a newly released musical. And it's shit. And it's shit. <laughs> we were, I was, l- like, laughing a little bit hysterically during that bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little bit jarring to see him, because he's sort of, like, naked underneath his, like... Underneath his coat. You didn't, like, he keeps on talking about his, like, previous starring role, which was... Fight or fiddle, the fiend of the fell, or something like that. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> I, I don't, this is one of those sound bites that was caught in my head when I was a kid, I think, and it just like trails off weird and it's mumbly, and this is in the stage musical as well. This I don't think is the fault of Ian McKellen. I just think it's a bad song. Yeah, it's not a memorable song. And it's annoying. The chorus is annoying. Yeah, but it's okay, because the next song that comes up <laughs> is... Do you just want to take this whole bit? I'm going to take this whole bit. This is your bit. The next cat that comes up is Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat, the cat of the railway train. <laughs> um, who I think is my favorite cat. He's got the catchiest song. Yeah. Well, one of the catchiest well, songs. yeah, he's got one of the catchiest songs. I think he's one of the less upsetting looking cats because he is wearing sus- like pants with suspenders and tap shoes, which is weird, but at least he's not naked, you know? So I feel like we have to take our small victories in this film. Yeah. Like, it's not good, but it's not as bad as some of the other stuff. <laughs> he's got, like, a jaunty cap on. Um, after just a bunch of really boring songs, this, has, this song has good energy. Yeah. I like it. I love it in the stage musical. It's really random. It seems really, like, jarring after all of the talk about aging and decline and sex work. Yeah. And orgies that's just happened. And then Skimbleshanks just shows up and is like, I got a job on a train. I'm very prompt. Let's do some tap dancing. And it's, like, really upbeat. It's like, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. The cat of the railway train. And they're, like, tap dancing across the bridge. And they get onto a train and do some japes on a train. Yeah. Oh, good. It's good. It's good. The scaling is so weird in this (laughs) bit. Oh, my God. They're in... For most of the, the last couple of songs, they were in this, like, abandoned theater. And they walk out of the theater. It's sort of a stylized transition they basically just walk out of the wall onto the railway stylized 
I'm trying, you know. You're giving them some credit I'm giving there. them some credit there <laughs> that I don't think it was an accident that we didn't see them exit through the door. Yeah. I don't think it was a mistake, even though it was weird. <laughs> we step basically through the wall of the theater onto the railway tracks, but suddenly the cats who previously were about the size of, like, old chairs in the theater mm-hmm. are now small enough that they can do a tap dance number on an individual rail on the railway tracks. They're <laughs> about two inches tall. Yeah. They're so tiny. And they're all like dancing along one rail of the railway track. And then they're on the train and they're in one of like a sleeper compartment and they're lying in the beds but are big enough that they fill almost the whole bed. They're like children. Yeah, but they're holding teacups that are twice the size of their heads. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. And 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 <laughs> but it's a great tap routine. All the cats like suddenly just like generate tap shoes. Yeah. <laughs> as well. They just like suddenly have tap shoes. It's amazing. I think it's funny that none of them except Skimble Shanks' shoes look like tap shoes. All of them have Shoes that function as tap shoes, but they look like Nikes. <laughs> They're like, they look like bright colored running shoes with like laces. <laughs> They're like trainers, but they Her song is the least disturbing to experience. It's quite catchy. It's catchy, and she's singing it just like a rock number. Yeah. Basically. Naked plus shoes is the go-to look of most of the cats. But or naked plus coat. Because she's wearing high heels. And and I will say this, she has much bigger boobies than the other cats. That's she's true. got, like, quite obvious boobies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fine, but, like, it seems really out of place. Yeah. And she shimmies them a lot. Yeah. Um, 
But other than that, she's, yeah, drugging all of the cats, and she's saying about how cool McCavity is, and it's all going fine until McCavity turns up. Oh, boy. Um, with the, with the, maybe the best line in the show. Oh, jeez. Um, so this line is in the stage musical, but this is... But it's not sung by McCavity it's not, himself. Yeah, McCavity doesn't sing any of his own song in the stage musical, but in the, the movie, he sings part of it with Taylor Swift, and he also shouts the line where they're saying all these things that McCavity is, and then he says, The Napoleon of Crime! <laughs> Okay, so I think you said enough about Taylor Swift's cat. Her cat is called Bombal Urina, and she is there to be a, a stooge for McCavity. Basically, it's McCavity time. We're talking about McCavity now. Don't <laughs> forget T-Swift. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor, you weren't as upsetting as McCavity. <laughs> McCavity is played by Idris Elba. He is introduced as wearing a coat and like a little trilby hat, and he's got bright green eyes. He doesn't have... The other cats have normal eyes and he's got glowing eyes the whole time. Mm -hmm. And when he's wearing his clothes, he looks kind of scary. But then when he's singing with Taylor Swift, he's completely naked. And he's so lumpy. He's so lumpy and also shiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's horrible. He is... When he's not wearing his clothes anymore, it just... Everyone feels more naked. Yeah. For the rest of the movie. He looks so naked. I, the Whatever fur they CGI'd onto him is very short. And, like, whatever skin suit he's wearing is showing, like, his, his pecs mm -hmm. and his abs. And they weren't like, we'll just make him a little furrier. They were like, no, we're still gonna show this. Which was what makes him look lumpy. Yeah. And it's... Weird as hell. Oh, it's so strange. I don't want to look at him. Yeah. But he just commands attention. Yeah. He's also, like, the goofiest villain ever. So on the stage ver musical version, he's, he's barely on stage. He doesn't sing anything. He just kind of dances and steals Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. But in this, he has more of a part. He keeps on stealing the cats. And suspiciously, he keeps on stealing, like, the A-lister cats, probably because it costs the studio too much to, like, have them hanging around all the time. Mm -hmm. So Rebel Wilson, James Corden, Ian McKellen, Skimbleshanks, and I think it's just the four of them yeah. get kidnapped. He doesn't kidnap Rumpum Tugger. No, he doesn't. But whatever. Um, so they all get kidnapped to remove the competition, and then he tries to get Deuteronomy to um, send him to the Heaviside Lair, and she says, No, you'll never be my Jellicle choice. <laughs> I started laughing, and I couldn't stop. When Judy Dench looked at Idris Elba in a, a just furry cat suit and said, You'll never be my Jellicle choice, I just. <sighs> my mind just snapped. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, she almost gets um, killed, but is saved. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, McCavity is just, like, for a mystery cat, not very mysterious. First of all, he uses magic. He can sort of teleport himself and other things. And when he, like, whisks people away, he'll say one of three things. The first being, meow. <laughs> the second being, McCavity. <laughs> and the third being, ineffable. <laughs> Why? Why? The McCavity was my favorite one. <laughs> and the way he steals people too is wild. Like when he's stealing Skimbleshanks, Skimbleshanks stops singing his song and instantly starts like 
corkscrewing upwards towards the ceiling, just like <laughs> flying in a corkscrew, getting, getting faster and faster, and then he disappears into a cloud of glitter. <laughs> and then you hear the word, McCavity. Yeah. And all the cats go, ah, and then Taylor Swift cat descends upon on the moon and everyone just forgets about Skimble Shay. They're like, well that was weird, but what's going on with this moon thing? McCavity has like some stooges, so he's got like Taylor Swift cat is the main one, mm-hmm. and I think they're sort of girlfriend and boyfriend cats. Mm-hmm. I think. And he's also got Mungo, Jerry, and Rumbletees are sort of in on it, but not really. Like, there's a funny bit where the other cats are attacking those two for being involved. And they're like, oh, we don't know where they've gone. We're only doing this for a bit of fun, bit of fun and games. Leave us alone. Get off our case. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's maybe my favourite character. Um... Growl Tiger. Oh my god. The barge cat who starts singing a song about he's the barge cat, the cat of the barge. I've committed crimes from London to Oxford. And it just he just keeps on talking about the barge. Anything else to say about the cavity? I mean, he's just like a horror to look at. And yet yes. and yet the way he's kidnapping these cats, often cats I don't want to deal with anymore. Like James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Every time they get kidnapped, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> the cavity, thank you. Please take them away. And I know I shouldn't feel positive feelings towards the cavity. But I I agree. As I wanted J- James Corden gone. Are we bad people? We keep doing this. <laughs> We're like villain? Yeah, I mean, they've got a point. Um... <laughs> And Taylor Swift Cat's McCavity song is very good. It is very she good. She does a good job. It was my favorite song in the stage show when I was a kid. And I think she, yeah, she was the least disturbing to look at. She didn't try to act like a cat, <laughs> um, which is probably what was working in her favor. She probably didn't rub her thing. head on anyone. She oh, didn't God. lick anything. She didn't stick her leg in the air as if she was going to lick her own, like, cat bits. Yeah. Uh, well done, Taylor Swift. Thank you for just walking around in high heels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can drug me anytime you like. (gasps) Thanks, Taylor. Um, (laughs) so when McCavity and Taylor kidnap Deuteronomy, it's time for a really great cat to shine. Um, this cat is Mr. Mistopheles. (laughs) The magical cat. The magical conjuring cat. And... Oh, I I feel like I'm going to launch into something, Shannon. I think it's time. I I fully support you on this, having recently oh. rewatched the stage musical. Shannon has had to hear so much about Mr. Mistopheles from me today. Mr. Mistopheles is a beautiful, sweet baby, and he's done dirty in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's... Okay, in the movie, he is introduced as a cat who likes to do magic tricks. He's not very self-confident. He keeps, he's very clumsy. He's comically clumsy. Well, he's meant to be comically clumsy. Mm-hmm. I just keep on getting annoyed. He looks like he's about to cry all the time. Mm-hmm. He's got very poor self-esteem. And he sort of has a thing for Victoria. They keep on like nudging up together and dancing with each other. And it's kind of like insinuating that they're going to have kittens together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very straight mm-hmm. from Mr. Mistopheles. A very straight performance. Mm-hmm. This is not what Mr. Mistopheles is about. No, this is not, not what he's about. He is, in the stage version, 
the gayest cat you can imagine. Mm-hmm. He's he just is, and in the the stage musical, you can see the choreography seems to. And I'm not just pulling this from thin air. I'm not pulling this from thin air. You're not. He's definitely in a relationship with Rum Tum Tugger. He fully is. Rum Tum Tugger and Mr. Mistopheles are boyfriends. Yeah. The, Rum Tum Tugger sings the Mr. Mistopheles song in, in the stage musical. Voice. Yeah. Oh, it's like it, the the vibe is. Look at how cool and talented my boyfriend is. Yeah. I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen the stage musical to just watch that bit and tell us we're wrong. Tell us we dare you. At one point, he pulls a ribbon out of a mug, and it's a sparkly rainbow flag and he sort of like winds it around the stage and there's sparkles and Rum Tum Tugger's like yes go Mr. Mistopheles this is great Mr. He winds the flag around all of Rum the Tum Tugger. He does he does <laughs> he does oh my word and in his purpose in both versions of Cats is to conjure Deuteronomy back after she's been kidnapped by Macavity so in the movie um he teleports her back. But the song, the magical Mr. Mistopheles song that everyone knows and loves is so painful because it's like they, they sort of build him up to it and he's singing about himself. And then he tries to zap Deuteronomy back and it fails. And it goes on for like seven minutes. It's so long. And he keeps on looking like he's about to cry. And then, oh, and Deuteronomy comes back, yay, 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 and he suddenly becomes confident and starts, like, smooching on Victoria. <sighs> he wouldn't. No. Mr. Mistopheles would never. And in the musical version, as they're singing, the lyrics is, oh, well, I never, has there ever been a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles? He's, like, pirouetting, and then he, like... He's doing some amazing jumps. He'll like gesture at parts of the set and it'll look like a lightning bolt zaps them. Mm. Um, he's just showing off. He is highly confident. Highly competent. And just the gayest cat. He is the gayest cat. And why was he made to be the straightest cat in this movie? It's not fair. Yeah. And sure, we get more Mistopheles screen time because he says stuff. He says stuff to Victoria. Victoria can deal. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the deal? Did Jason Derulo not want to be a gay cat? Did they just think it wasn't like palatable for the movie? He's... This 1980s recording, infinitely more like openly gay. Yeah. Than the 2019 cats. Than a 2019 CGI monstrosity. What the actual ever-loving heck. <laughs> and the song, you're right, it was like pulling teeth. Because yeah. as they did the chorus, it was always, they started out whispering, and it was like they were building him up to try something, and then you try to zap yep. the the cat bed that old Deuteronomy had been in, and yep. nothing would happen, and it was just, I wanted to pull out my own fingernails. Yep. I just wanted the movie to be over. And then that's kind of it for the main cat characters. After that, uh, Grizabella is brought in and is chosen as a jellical choice and then dies. Um, and when you watch the stage musical, I mean, I personally feel like quite satisfied with that conclusion. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, I think I'm just still annoyed about the Mistopheles thing and also mm-hmm. still like hungover annoyed from Monko Cherry and Rumpelteaser. <laughs> 
that I just want more. I just wanted, I wanted less. I wanted the movie to be done. I think there are so many songs in this, there's so many songs. And if we just start listing them like we did in Greece, we're not going to see, we're not going to see tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So maybe, maybe we could like pick a most favorite and least favorite song. Okay. From, from the movie. From the movie. Oh. Uh, start with most favorite. See, I'm between Skimble Shanks because it brought me out of my coma and McCavity because it was the least upsetting to look at. And yeah. also it's a jazzy song. Yeah. They're quite like cat they're quite catchy. I think I can come They're quite catchy, but they are both because then McCavity shows up in the middle of the song and you're like, please leave the screen immediately. It's like, leave your own song. Yeah. You're not wanted in your own song. Get out of here. Put on a <laughs> coat or something. Dear God. <laughs> um, Be more mysterious, so, mystery cat. I think I'm gonna, because I know which one you're gonna pick and I don't want to pick the same one. So I think I'm gonna go with Skimble Shanks, the Railway Cat, as yeah. my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I hope you're right about which one you think is my favorite. Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats. Yeah, I was absolutely right. Oh my god, what an absolute banger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, if this was the uh, stage musical I was talking about, I'd either pick Mungo, Jerry and Rumble Teaser or Mr. Ms. Duffley's. But as mm. I mentioned, those are like non-starters in the movie. Yeah, for But sure. the movie actively improves opening song, Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats. It's which have... Just, it's lyrically the most genius song in the world. <laughs> Are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Have you looked at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Oh my god. There's a cat that, like, looks in the camera and says, Have you been an alumnus of, of heaven or hell? hell? What has that cat seen? What has he seen? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Were you there when the pharaohs commissioned the Sphinx? Oh my god! And it sort of like introduces this idea of what, like, what the heck is a jellical cat, which they never explain, because they um, <laughs> they they list all the things that a jellical cat can be, and it's so many damn things. And I'm gonna like sing it right now when I get the screenshot up. <laughs> Um, but while I prepare the screenshot, I'll just say this is like, they've improved the song because they've put like a really good fun disco beat underneath. Mm. And it's just so catchy. We were playing it in the kitchen while making dinner and I was jumping around. I never dance at stuff, but I was like I was at a school disco. It was amazing. It was like I was listening to Cotton Eye Joe for the first time. <laughs> it, it, it is, I have to say that while I was listening to that bit, because it's the first song, I was like, maybe this won't be as bad as I think it's going to be. They're upsetting to look at, but this is fine. Yeah. And it, it the one after that is the Rebel Wilson cat song, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is hell. <laughs> <laughs> the Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, it just hypes you up, especially when they're doing, like, the listing of the, the types of cats. Mm. <laughs> Um, basically, they're, they're really building up here, so they go, practical cats, dramatical cats, pragmatical cats, fanatical cats, oratorical cats, delphic oracle cats, you heard me right, skeptical cats, dyspeptical cats, romantical cats, pedantical cats, critical cats, parasitical cats, allegorical cat, metaphorical cats, statistical cats, and mystical cats, political cats, hypocritical cats, clerical cats, hysterical cats, cynical cats, rabbinical cats, rabbinical cats. I just, I have no words. And it is, it's a jam. 
Tag yourself, I'm statistical cat. I'm metaphorical cat. <laughs> I wish I was Delphic oracle cat. Don't we all? <laughs> By the end of this movie, I was hysterical cat. I feel like a lot of the time I'm skeptical cat. Mm, you are. By day, I'm statistical cat, because that's my job. Yeah. By night, I'm skeptical cat, because mm-hmm. I'm suspicious of stuff. I think I'm also fanatical cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your least favourite song, though, in the movie? Um, that's tricky. I hate the old Deuteronomy song. I hate it so much. It's my least favorite in the stage musical, too. And I think in the movie, paired with the introduction of the horrifying Judi Dench cat, it's, I think it's the worst one. And, like, just above that is the the Gus one. Yeah. That I also hate. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? It's because they're boring. Those songs are all so boring. Yeah. I think my least favorite song is the new one they've written, Beautiful Ghosts. I completely forgot about that one. So, so this is the song that they wrote as the original song. It's written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and Taylor Swift. And it's not bad. It does sound pretty. My The reason it's my least favorite is because of the, the placing of it. So um, everyone knows the song Memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, it goes, Memories. Mm-hmm. All alone in the moonlight, I'm a prostitute, cry, cry, I am in lots of pain, won't you kill me, I need some sweet release from this life, I am tired of being slut-shamed. By Jennifer Hudson, it's beautiful and it touches on some very serious issues. And those are the lyrics. Um, and Victoria observes this song and Jennifer Hudson's in tears she's like like really like beat up by this and Victoria sings a song that basically the theme is like you have beautiful memories at least you're dancing with beautiful ghosts I have nothing I was just born in this world no one loves me I just want someone to love me um at least you've got beautiful memories And it's like, Victoria, chill out. You were born, like, yesterday. Mm -hmm. You've met a bunch of friends. You've got a boyfriend now. A gay boyfriend, but a boyfriend nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And and you've just seen this woman have, like, a meltdown over her terrible life situation that she's clearly not happy about. Mm -hmm. Why why rub it in her face? And she does reprise it later and sort of, like, seems to have learnt her lesson. But I don't understand the point. Yeah. It's a weird placement. You're absolutely right. It's like a massive slap in the face to, like, Jennifer Hudson's cat. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's my least favorite song. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Okay. Uh, now to flip it. Most favorite and least favorite cat. I know what your favorite cat is. Do you? I think. Okay. Go on. Surprise me. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. It might be different for the stage musical in the movie, but probably is not. Uh, in the stage musical, it's definitely Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat. Yeah. He's got little elbow patches on his arm warmers, and he's got a waistcoat. And he's Scottish in the stage musical. <laughs> Rock on, Skimbleshanks. Yeah, I'm gonna go with him for the, the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, he brought the energy back up. Yeah. I thought I was dying. <laughs> and your least favorite cat is Judy Dench, right? It's Judy Dench. Just because of the way she looks or I, boring songs? Her songs are boring. I hate the old Deuteronomy song so much. I hate that she sticks her legs straight up in the air. She looks weird. I can see her wedding ring. Yep. She rubs her head against other cats and I don't enjoy that. She's on stage so much, too. <laughs> yeah, the way she looks is just so bad. And I know that, like, objectively, the one who's CG 
CGI the worst is probably Idris Elba cat. Yeah. But Judy Dench cat upsets me more. Yeah. Because for most of it, Idris Elba cat is wearing a coat. Yeah. And he's less bad with the coat. Yes. Still not good, mind you, but... But not as distressing to observe. But every second Judy Dench is on screen, I want to die. Yeah. And also she turns and faces directly into the camera <gasps> and sings does. the final song, and oh. I don't care for that shit at all. It's like, oh god, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think my favorite cat... Oh god, it's so hard, because I've got like some like solid favorites in the stage musical. Mm-hmm. Mungo, Jerry, Rumpelteer, the, they're one cat. I'm just training them as one cat. Yeah. They're beautiful, fun criminals, and I love them. I also really like Mr. Mistopheles, but mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to like them that much in the movie. Mm-hmm. I respect Mungo, Jerry, and Rumpelteaser, because they do what they do, and they do it effectively. Their song is boring, though. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe my favorite cat, well, it might be Taylor Swift. I think that's fair. I think she'd be my second favorite cat because I don't hate her. I didn't hate watching her. She was fun. I liked the way she drugged all the cats um, with the drug moon. And she sang nicely and didn't distress me. Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite cat is one that we've not really spoken about. And, uh, well, we haven't. We haven't named him. It's Monkey Strap. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Monkey Strap is the narrator of the piece, basically. He's the leader of the Jellicle Cats when Deuteronomy's not around. Yeah. And he's this grey cat who, he just acts like he knows you. Mm. And he does, like, he rubs his head on other cats all the time. He's really yeah. smug. And and he's not very good at explaining things. Like, he says, oh, this is what makes a Gumby cat. And it's like, well, you didn't explain what a Gumby cat was. Mm. And there's a song where, like, so in the stage musical, the song is like, he sees a guy in the audience and is like, I cannot believe there's a guy who's never heard of Jellicle Cats. What's a Jellicle Cat? What's a Jellicle Cat? And they go on to explain what the Jellicle Cat name means. Led by Monkey Strap. But he never explains it. He just lists stuff. And they say stuff like, Jellicle Cats are black and white. Jellicle Cats, as we said, are small. Mm. Like, you're just listing features of cats. That... Be better at explaining things, and then don't act as though I should know what Jellicle Cats means. Yeah. Monkey Strap, that's my least favorite cat. He's he's very present, and he's very intense. Yeah. He's so serious. He's bursting with sexual energy, which I don't like. Yeah, don't like that at all. No. A lot of this movie is incredibly serious. Yeah. It is... And Monkey Strap makes it so. Yeah. He legitimizes everything more than it should be legitimized. Yeah. And I guess, like, more power to the actors because they really did commit. Yeah. Like, you don't get the sense that anyone was not putting in 100%. percent No. And I wonder, like, they would have had no way of knowing how awful it would look There's bits of it that are bad that are just, like, scripting bad, like changing the songs to make them boring and messing with character and, like, those weird sort of choices. But really the thing that makes the movie bad and, like, so bad it'll be a cult classic is the CGI, which the actors would have had no way of knowing as they were doing the show. No, no. Uh, and especially if they were assured that it was going to be groundbreaking technology and that kind of thing. But as you mentioned, it's probably going to be a cult classic, and I will go back to watch it, and I will be watching out for those CGI errors and the floating cats and the weird Tony Hawk characters, <laughs> <laughs> and deriving deep joy from those things. Like, mm-hmm. it was 
I love my second viewing. This first time I was uncomfortable. I was. I was so uncomfortable. Um, but the second time I was like, yeah, this is kind of my shit now. <laughs> like, I've been brought down to this level by watching it the first time. I, I felt jellical. <laughs> I felt my... I had a hard time tracking the action because I didn't know where to look because everything looked wrong. Yeah. So my eyes were watering throughout the whole thing. <sighs> and I kept having to take off my glasses to, like, clean them because they were just watering so much. Because <laughs> the CGI is just so weird looking. Yeah. And you can't get a sense of scale and the movement all looks strange and, and kind of jerky. It does. Yeah. That was, I think what and it built as it went on because at the beginning i was fine and then rebel wilson cat showed up and i was like what the fuck but then the more it went on the more like i started to get a headache yeah it was just it's very like starkly lit too it's all like blues and pinks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and some lines are just, sometimes they just scream a line like milk or <laughs> he's always wide awake like, and just startles you because it's, they really, like, change the volume all the time. Yeah. And in the cinema, that's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of, like, it's like sensory overload. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shannon. Yeah. Do you think Cats, the movie, not the musical, the mm-hmm. movie, is cursed or blessed? Or blessed. It's cursed. Yeah? Yeah, it's straight up cursed. I think it's going to be a cult classic. Yeah. And I'm fine with that, but it's cursed. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I disagree. <laughs> I think you know this was coming. I knew this was coming. I think it's blessed. It's blessed. I, this I, is our first disagreement. And it was, oh, come on, it was like a long time coming as well. Yeah. As, if the listeners, if you're worried about this, we were always going to disagree about cats. <laughs> <laughs> Plot aside, there are songs that are like absolute bops absolute bops, and some that are done very well in the, like, or, sonically in the movie and I have fun I have a lot of fun with the bad bits it's not like movies that I've called cursed in this podcast that I will never touch again because I actively disliked it did I have fun watching Pinocchio kind of but I didn't really get much joy from it so I'm never going to watch Pinocchio again never-ending story return to Oz heck no get out of my life I don't want to see you I don't want to touch you cats I'm gonna come back to this Time and time and time again. I will I will give you that some of the songs I will listen to again mm-hmm. without having to look at it. But I think pairing the music with the visuals is just upsetting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so like <laughs> McCavity, I quite, we were listening to the audio for McCavity and Jellicle Songs for Jellicle Cats and Skimble Shanks um, from the movie. Mm-hmm. While we were cooking dinner. And I will listen to those again. Yeah. They are jams. But all objectively horrific on screen. So I still, I maintain that it's cursed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to maintain that it's blessed. But, like, I accept that most people in this world will find it cursed. (laughs) I do have trash tastes. And I do, I'm the sort of person who will go back and watch The Room many times. Mm. Go to, like screenings mm. of the room and throw all the forks when you meant to throw forks or spoons or whatever. Spoons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, one time I was at a room screening and I saw my actual doppelganger dressed as Lisa from the room, who is, like, you've not watched the room, but it's, no. like, a the blonde sort of femme fatale character. <laughs> I mean, not successfully, but, like, yeah, 
she just kind of looks like tired and she's got a blonde like half bob and uh, a fringe and just looks dumb <laughs> and I went to this room screening and I was like across the theatre from her as I was taking my seat and I just like we just stared at each other and the whole, the um the hair was a wig for her but it was just the same as my hair hmm. and I was like you are my doppelganger Lisa from the room um, so that all that to say uh, I'm the sort of person who will like keep coming back to this trash I think I would I would watch this again in the context of like playing a drinking game with friends, I wouldn't go back into the theater to watch it because it legitimately gave me a headache and made my <laughs> eyes water. Like, it was... <laughs> that sort of full sensory experience was so much. That being said, if you want to experience the true horror of cats, go to the theater while you still can. Yeah, go to the theater. Like, I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't watch it. I think a lot of people just need to get it out of their system. Like yeah. a cleanse, a cat's cleanse. Yeah, I feel different having seen it. I told you, and I told you that food would taste different, and everything you smelt would smell different, and everything you saw would look different. Yeah. And that you'd be a changed person. I am a changed person. For better or worse, who's to say? I just, looking at those cats on the cat food packages in the Tesco and wondering why they didn't have creepily, like, oval human faces (laughs) superimposed on their cat heads. (laughs) I will say, like, our walk back from the uh, cinema um, goes past a theatre, and in the theatre they're doing The Lion King, and there's, on the display, a guy dressed as Simba. And I just kind of stared at that for a while, and I was like, yes... This is the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, though, I think this has... I've revised my opinion on the stage production. Oh. Oh. Which I... Are you standing it now? I'm not standing it. It's not blessed. But I think I, I went into this thinking the whole production is just cursed. And there's definitely cursed aspects to the whole thing. Yeah. Like, the stage production is super horny. Everything like people critics said the movie was horny. It has nothing on on the stage production, and that's very weird. And the the stage production gives the sense of it's a Pilates class that slowly devolving into an orgy. Exactly, it becomes an orgy. Yeah, (laughs) and um, when we were watching the stage version, I. I think I successfully convinced Shannon of my Rum Tum Tugger and Mistopheles boyfriend theory. Yeah. I, I'm fully on board with that. Great. You're absolutely right. I think the the costuming and everything in the, the stage production is purposefully stylized so that they're not upsetting to look at. Yeah. And you can get used to it. Like it, it doesn't is... matter if you see someone's crotch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it... It's initially, like, the stage production is initially a little weird, but you do get used to it, which you never do in the movie. No. Um, so I think the the stage production, I'm going to upgrade from cursed to blurst, because I think there's some good aspects of it. Yeah. Even though I still think there are bits of it that are just deeply evil. I would call the stage show blessed, apart from the fact that I was reminded that there's, like, a fairly racist song where they're all pretending to be dogs of different nationalities, and I'm not going to go into it, but it's racist. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that. The movie doesn't do that. <laughs> the movie very smartly just cut that whole song, which yeah. was the right call. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, 
so great news about next week is that we're sticking with the musicals. Yeah. Before turning, we're going to turn it in, back into a democracy after this. People will have a choice in what we watch. But we need to watch... I promised Shannon that if we watch Cats, we could watch something good. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we watching next week? We're watching High School Musical. Yeah, boy. <gasps> Cannot wait for that. So tune in next week to watch High School Musical. Otherwise... Oh my god, there's cats on my socks. Oh my god! <laughs> there's cats on my other socks, and I'm wearing odd socks. I just happen to be wearing two odd cat socks. This was not even planned. They're upside down from my vantage point, and I'm so upset right now. This is what it looks like if you're a cockroach and you're being eaten by Rebel Wilson. I'm gonna have nightmares about this for months. Wow! It's almost like it was planned. I did not... And to be clear, I don't have all cat socks. I just happen to have two cat socks. Oh my god! There's some black and white cats and some grey cats. I'm wearing Mr. Mistopheles and monkey straps. Oh my god. Jellicle cats are black and white. Oh my god. Jellicle cats, as we said, have socks. <laughs> <laughs> and CGI toes and stupid tap shoes. Yes, and this is good because my cat's name, as you gave me, is Fullfoot. Yeah, it is! Ah! Fullfoot the Japes cat. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> sock discourse aside, you can catch up on our other episodes uh, by searching Cursed or Blur's podcast into the Google or finding us on Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. We're all over the heckin' place. You can find us on Instagram, Cursed or Blur's. Thanks for sticking with us for this long episode. We hope that you have uh, been able to envision the hellscape that we witnessed today. Yeah, thanks for being a part of it. My jellical friends. You'll be our jellical choice every time. Mm-hmm.